So guys, I want to show you something that God taught me using just a game that me and my family play together. It's called Bananagrams, which appropriately is in a banana-shaped pouch. I feel like I could do a commercial for Bananagrams right now. All it is is filled with all these tiles uh, that's got letters on it, kind of like a Scrabble board. And uh, what you do is you uh, dump them all out, keep them face down. Everyone who's playing, pick out a certain number of tiles, depending on how many he's playing. And then when someone yells the word split, everybody turns, see, get it, banana, split, all right? So uh, any, when someone yells split, everyone flips their tiles over. You can begin the game. You start trying to form words, almost like a crossword, with the tiles that you have. And the goal is to use every tile that you have to complete words. And once they're completed, you're out of tiles. You then say the word peel, get it? banana peel, all right? You say peel, and you get to draw another tile out of the blank tile batch, but so does everybody else. Even if they're stuck with five tiles or eight tiles or ten tiles they've not played yet, they have to still get another one. You can kind of see how this works. So if you complete all your tiles and keep going, once all the tiles are used up, the one who uses all their tiles to form actual real words wins the game. So in order to demonstrate how this game works and kind of lead up to the lesson that I believe God has taught me, uh, I pulled out 21 tiles, and uh, Travis Risher, uh, who did Gavin's baptism just a little bit ago, um, he helped me form these words. So here's what it looks like. I'll show you on the screen. Uh, we formed all these words with 21 tiles that we pulled just randomly out of the bag, okay? Boom, let's go. Yep, oh, almost there. There we go. All right. Awesome. And for some reason, the first word that Travis saw in the pile was weirdo. Uh, I'm not sure why that was the inspiration he had on his mind at the time. Uh, but yeah, he actually, would, I see you up there, bro. You, you formed them. I think the only words I formed was the word rid and maybe ears. And he did all the other words. So, so we used all of our tiles. So once all the tiles are used, you say the word peel. Everyone picks a tile. But here's where I've learned some life lessons. Sometimes you can say the word peel and it's an easy letter. You can put it right on another letter and keep saying peel, grab another tile, play it, peel, grab another. That happens a lot in this game. But sometimes in this game, you say peel, you're like, I'm leading. I say peel, I've used all my tiles. And you pick up a blank tile and what does it have on it? The dreaded Q. And you're like, no, I don't want a cue. I don't need a cue. I got just one tile. If I could just play this one tile, I'll be able to say peel again and maybe even win the game. The problem is that I had when I first started playing this game is I would hold on to this cue. I'm like, okay, if, if, if someone else says peel, I can draw a tile. Maybe I'll draw a U to go with this cue. And if I have a cue and a U, I can make some words with it. So I just hold on to it, hoping that I get to play it, hoping that it'll eventually all work out. And what I learned is that you end up staying stuck for a very long time, hoping for something to change when it really doesn't. Ooh, do you see where I'm going with this, right? Starts to preach a little bit, right? But there's one aspect of this game that I haven't told you about yet. And you always yell these words in this game, split, peel. There's another word that you can yell, and that's the word dump. It doesn't have anything to do with bananas, but it's in the instructions. If you say the word dump, you are taking a tile and you're putting it back in the batch of unused tiles 
and you get to get, grab three unused tiles. Sounds like the thing you just don't want to do, right? Sounds like the last, you know, the last ditch effort, you know, worst case scenario we will dump, but until we absolutely positively have to dump a tile, we're going to hold on to that cube. That's typically the way I looked at the game. But I found out from playing quite competitively with my family for a while that depending on the timing, but most of the time, other than some rare occasions, you pick up that cue and you don't have a U, dump it right away. Just get rid of it. Go ahead and dump it, grab three tiles. And most of the time, those three tiles are going to be way easily played than that cue is. So I've kind of learned that strategy in the game. But it made me think about this. How many times in our lives are we holding on to our cue and refusing to dump it, and it's holding us back? It's keeping us stuck in some way. It reminds me of an encounter that Jesus had with a young guy who was very wealthy, had a lot of influence. I want to read to you one of the three editions of this encounter, the Mark 10 version. And here's what it says, Mark 10, 17. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And then Jesus says, you know the commandments. Do not murder do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And this is where I pause and say, really? <laughs> have you really? I'm not sure. Are you really? And what's cool is that Jesus doesn't even refute it. He says, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. There's so many things we can say about this passage. But the big thing is this. In that moment, this young man who had held on to his Judaism religion, you know, the religion of the Old Testament, obeying those commands, who had held on to his wealth and possessions and his comfortable lifestyle, which, by the way, back in that day meant that you must be uh, okay in God's eyes. He, he only made uh, the people who were, he was okay with wealthy. So it was a kind of a nice religious status, not just a socioeconomic status. This man comes along feeling like something's still not right. Something's missing. 
And he asked Jesus, what more do I need? What more do I need? And Jesus basically tells him to blow it all up. (laughs) What you have, just blow it up. Get rid of it. Throw it all away. There's another thing about that Bananagrams game, what I've learned, because the Clarks play games quite competitively. So you're trying to win this game. One thing I've learned is you get kind of stuck. Just start over. You'll be amazed at how quickly you can play more tiles if you just kind of start it over. But we say, no, this is what I've built. I made this. This is where I am. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And we stay stuck. This man who had possessions and wealth and status and influence and so much of his life ahead of him. To me, uh, I can't wait to hear Jesus explain this further in heaven because don't you have some questions that you hope to be able to get answered in heaven. I just want to hear the nuance. Like, I assume Jesus was leading him on when he said, oh, yeah, yeah, obey these commandments. That's what you need to do. Which we know is like, no, no, wrong answer. Like, we can't perfectly obey the commandments of God. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross, because we can't be perfect. So he became the perfect sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb to die on the cross for our sins, so that whoever believes in him, They will have eternal life. We know this to be true, but Jesus didn't quite say that, did he? He said, no, obey these commands. Probably even knowing, well, probably knowing what this man would answer. I've done this, Jesus. I'm a really, really good Jewish young man. Successful, influential Jewish young man, but something's missing. Blow it up. Dump your cue. That's what he said to do. Just dump your cue, man. It's been a long time since I've shared this here specifically. But when I met Jesus when I was 15 years old, at that moment, I was already embedded in a pornography addiction. And I knew immediately when I came to faith in Christ that this was something that I couldn't accept and live with. I had to get rid of it. And it took a lot of prayer a lot of tears, a lot of going back and asking for forgiveness again and again to God, a lot of tips and tools and accountability. But over a period of about three years, I can say that's been in my rearview mirror for a really, really, really long time. But I was meeting and hanging out with a friend who is in the thick of that battle right now. And I had this revelation. I realized I am old enough to where when I had my issue, there was no internet or cell phones. <laughs> and I was very thankful for that. I'm so thankful that I didn't have that kind of opportunity, that kind of continual potential of temptation in my life back in that day. But my friend, that's, that's his world that he's in. So it's a lot more difficult in many ways. But as we were talking this through, I was reminiscing about guys that I know have had the same battle that ended up saying, for me, my life has to look different in order to be in God's will, in order to experience God's best for me. For me, I have to carry an old flip phone. No smartphones for me. They dumped their cue. They blew it all up. So, all right, that's what I have to do. That's how I have to live my life. Uh, There's a movie that came out many years ago called Fireproof, and the star, one of the stars of the movie is a guy named Kirk Cameron. Some of you might remember him. 
And his marriage was in shambles. And one of the reasons for it is that he, too, had a pornography addiction. It was affecting his marriage. It was affecting his spiritual life. And he got fed up at one point, realizing this just isn't working. I'm stuck. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is he takes his old desktop, and he takes it outside, and he finds a baseball bat, and he pummels that computer. The best part of the scene is after he gets done, he turns around, and it turns out his neighbors were watching the whole time, and they're just looking stunned at him, you know, like, you crazy, bro? (laughs) Right? But this is that dump the cue moment. This is that blow it up moment. Like, are you willing to blow things up? Are you willing to dump things in your life in order to experience God's best for you? It reminds me of another crazy thing. We forget some of the, like, some of the things that Jesus said are crazy. I want to flip to the New Living Translation to read to you this crazy thing he said once. Matthew 5, 29 says, So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. People are like, what? He keeps on. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, and it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. This is Jesus saying, Whatever that cue is in your life that's keeping you from experiencing the life that God has for you, blow it up. Dump it. It's worth it. Get radical with it. This is what Jesus was explaining there. Smash the computer. Change to a flip phone. Whatever it takes to get rid of the thing that's holding you back spiritually, you must do it. It takes bravery. It takes courage. And it takes faith to do it. But he's calling us to that, to dump your cue. Which begs the question then, what's your cue? What is your cue? What is the thing that you've been just kind of holding on to? You've not let it go, but it's there. You have it and it's yours and you're holding on to it. But if you're being honest to yourself and especially to God, it's the thing that's holding you back. It's keeping you from moving forward into what God has for you. What is your cue? And sometimes it's easy to think of the things that we don't like, right? Like, okay, I don't like this. God don't like it. I need to get rid of it. That's a little bit easier. But what I've come to learn and understand about these stinking cues that we sometimes hold so tightly to is sometimes it's not something that we don't like that we need to get rid of. Sometimes it's our attitude about the something that we don't like that we need to dump. We need to dump our attitude about it. We need to dump our perspective about it. We need to dump the way we're handling it. Not the thing that we don't like. We can't. We have to be so careful to, to. We just need to not assume that we know very well what that cue is. Because what if that's not the cue? <laughs> what if it's our attitude about it? What if our, our perspective about it? You know what I'm saying? And it's not always a bad, sinful thing or habit or addiction or thing like that. It's not always something like that that we need to dump. Sometimes it's something seemingly quite good that we need to dump. 
I was reading um, a book uh, earlier this summer called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Doesn't that sound like a fun book? It's a super exciting book. Um, But one of the 21 laws of leadership is the law of sacrifice. And the whole point of John Maxwell writing this is to say, if you are going to be a person of influence, sometimes this needs to happen. And one of those things that needs to happen is sacrifice. And he gives the example of our 66th uh, Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice. Turns out she was a very talented and accomplished musician. And she was on an academic path to get a degree in that. And one day have a career in that. But somewhere along the way, she realized her greatest talents, her greatest abilities, and the potential for her greatest influence was in international relations and leadership. So she dumped her cue. <laughs> Stopped doing it. Now, she still enjoys her music and does it and enjoys it, and she's great at it. But as far as her career path, her degree path, what she did with her life, in order to fully invest in that, she had to dump her cue. And friends, sometimes a really good thing, a thing that we even maybe care about, is the thing we must dump in order to move forward to God's will. And if you will lean into God and pray to him and ask him and listen for his voice, do what the rich young man did. Just pause and have a conversation with God and you're willing to hear. If you're like, what is it? God, tell me what it is. What is it that I need to dump? What is it that I need to let go of? What is it that I need to blow up in order to experience your will for my life? If you will ask him and then you will stop and listen and wait, I believe you will absolutely know clearly in his time what that is. And then it's all about faith and courage. Believing and trusting in him for what you're about to do and then having the courage to do it. To smash the computer. To blow it all up. To dump your cube. Sometimes you have to sacrifice something good in order to experience God's best. You don't experience greatness because you settle for goodness. And so sometimes that cue may look like a really, really good thing, a decent thing, something no one would say you should let go of or should dump. But yet that's the thing. In fact, the disciples kind of picked up on this in that conversation they watched Jesus have with the rich young ruler, which was a really hard conversation. But, you know, sometimes I feel like those 12 men, those disciples, they were like little teacher's pets. You know what I mean? They're like always like, but I did this for you, Jesus. And am I your favorite? You know, it's kind of how they do Jesus. That's exactly what happens next because in Mark 10, 28, and I'm going to actually flip the translation to the New Living Translation because I love how this reads. This, then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news, this is sounding good so far, right? will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. And then he just kind of slips this in. It's like the fine print along with some persecution, too. You're going to get some of that, too. 
and in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. And I believe Peter's like, yeah, I'm not sure I get all that, but okay, thanks, Jesus. <laughs> I believe that's probably what he was thinking deep down. But what Jesus is saying is so good, and these men needed to hear this. Because, yes, they did leave a lot. It's hard for us to understand what life was like in the first century. But listen, for some of these men, they were walking away from Judaism, the religion of the Old Testament, if you will. And probably their parents or their siblings or that one crazy uncle or the ones with their fist raised during that Passover weekend where Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate. They were the ones that raised their fists and said, crucify him, crucify him. That was their brother, their dad, their mom that was yelling that. And for them to say, but I believe this man is the Son of God. I believe this man is the prophesied Messiah. I believe this man is the sacrificial lamb. He is God. That's blasphemy. And in first century Judaism, the actual probably merciful thing to do would be just disown you. We'll just disown you. Go do your thing, but you're not a part of this family. And by the way, that means you don't get your inheritance either. Yeah. These men probably gave up a whole lot just to follow Jesus. Things that you and I take for granted. And he reminds them, yeah, you'll receive even more than that. And this is the whole point of everything that Jesus was saying. Whatever you let go of to follow Jesus is always worth it. It always is worth it. I've yet to hear someone say, I let go of this because God wanted me to and I knew it was his will for my life. And I regret it. I've not heard too many of those stories, if any at all. Instead, you hear the story of, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was a little scared and nervous about it. I didn't know what other people would think. But once I did it, I knew it was the right thing. And here's what God did next. <laughs> That's what he wants to do. And yet, if you're like me, like I used to be playing this game of Bananagrams, I'm just stuck holding that cue, hoping that one day I'd get a U so that I could keep going. Stuck, dormant, apathetic, just waiting and waiting. But friends, that's not what God wants for you. He's got something more for you. And that's why I invite you to take this next step with Jesus today. To radically let go of your cue. To radically dump your cue. To radically blow up your cue today. And not be like the rich young ruler. Listen, I feel for him. I feel for him so bad. Because I don't look at that story and say, Psh, yeah, I would have sold everything, given it to the poor and followed Jesus. Would you have done it? I don't know, man. And yet, if you're being honest about what your cue might be, it's probably something somewhat less radical than that. Yet, we still hang on to it. Don't we? As you came in, 
Hopefully you saw the basket of these little wooden tiles that as you came in, just representing your cue, your cue tile. And today, I want you to take that and put it in your hand. And if you're watching, listening online right now, just imagine holding that cue tile on the Scrabble board. Like, oh no, what do I do with this? <laughs> so, do you know what your cue is? Maybe there's no debate whatsoever in your heart and mind. You know it. God's been screaming it in the, in the ears of your heart and mind this entire sermon. You already know that's what it is, and I know that's what it is. That's awesome. Or maybe you really don't know what it is. And so in a moment when we pray, I invite you to just be still before God and ask Him, what is it? And listen. And maybe even before you leave this room, before this sermon ends, you know what it is. But maybe you know it now, or you will know it, but you're not ready to dump it yet. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself, why are you going to keep holding on to it? Maybe even you need to talk to someone that you trust who's also a Christ follower to ask them about this. Have a conversation. You know, invite people in. But certainly talk to God about it. In a moment, what I want you to do is if you're ready to actually dump your cue, you know what it is. Maybe you find out about it during our prayer time and you're like, yeah, I'm ready to dump this. We've got these... Metal buckets uh, that we are going to put right down here on the floor. Yeah, we want you to dump it today. So as a symbol of your new step, your, your next chapter, moving forward in faith with Jesus, if you know what your cue is, if you're ready to dump it, that I encourage you who are in this room today, that while we sing our closing song in a moment, to just step out and come down and dump your cue today. All right? Let's take time to pray about that right now. Will you bow with me? Father, first and foremost, we ask that you would right now reveal to us what our cue is. Hopefully that's being prayed to you all over this room and from all of those watching and listening online right now? What's my cue? What do I need to dump? What do I need to blow up to radically remove from my life? Lord we thank you that you don't want to keep that a secret just like your conversation with that rich young man you made it very clear what he needed to dump and I believe with all my heart because you love us like you love that man that you're going to reveal very clearly to us what we need to dump so Father for those who know what that is May we take a step of faith today. Put feet to our faith today. And courageously and radically dump our cues. Move us to do that now.
by your strength and by your power. We pray it all in the name that is above all names, the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.